0: Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of This Week in the World of Football. This is episode number 290 for April 4th, 2023. I'm your host, Randy Snow. On this week's show, there are no more undefeated or winless teams in the XFL, all thanks to one game played last weekend. And Bill safety, Demar Hamlin, visits the White House. In this week's history lesson, we tell the history of the number zero in the NFL. But I'm not here by myself. Across the table from me, as always, is my son, Adam.
1: How funny is it that we're going to be talking about that number zero, and then there are no longer zeros in the Mm. XFL, thanks to the win uh, we're going to talk about here in a minute.
0: Everything is coming up zeros this week.
1: Yeah, it's just weird how that all worked (laughs) out. Yeah.
0: We come to you each week from the fabulous world of football, Man Cave, located right here in the center of the football world, Kalamazoo, Michigan. We're here to promote the game of football in all its many forms, past, present, and future. Our goal is to educate, inform, and entertain our listeners with the glorious buffet that is the world of football. All this while keeping a close eye on the rich history of the game. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We'd love to get your feedback on one of our many platforms, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and YouTube, where we post the entire audio portion of this show as well as other selected videos, we're also on Apple, or I'm sorry, Amazon Music. So you can simply ask your Alexa device to play the World of Football podcast. So let's begin
1: today's show with Adam and the World of Football Scoreboard. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, listening out there in the World of Football Land. <laughs> it was Week Seven of the XFL, and uh, what a weekend of! football they had. Yeah. A lot of great highlights, a lot of great stuff happening here yeah. this weekend. Um, started Friday night as the Seattle Sea Dragons got a big win over the Arlington Renegades, 24-15. to It's their fifth straight win for those Sea Dragons. Uh, Seattle quarterback Ben DiNucci completed 21 passes for 266 yards and a touchdown, while Arlington quarterback Drew Plitt completed 19 passes for 213 yards and an interception in the loss. Plitt, I believe, is he replacing somebody else? They had uh, Kyle Slaughter, I think?
0: Um, Yes. As yes. Quarterback. Uh, was he injured? He might be injured. Yeah. Slaughter, Slaughter. slaughter yeah, injured.
1: A, lot of, a lot of quarterback moving yeah, this week. Some,
0: some new names <laughs> this week on yeah. the quarterback rundowns.
1: But, I mean, Ben DiNucci might be the best quarterback in yep. the league right now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there might be some people who give him a run for his money, but... I think he was the statistical passing leader last I checked. Uh, I could be wrong on that. Feel free to correct me, everybody, as <laughs> tends to happen on this show. I get corrected, which we'll talk about some more later. Um, all right, then Saturday, the Vegas Vipers got their second win of the season by defeating the San Antonio Brahmas 26-12. to San Antonio's Fred Brown returned a kickoff 96 yards for a touchdown. That is the first one in the XFL this season. What yep. the rest...
0: That was an awesome play.
1: Yeah, but the rest of the highlights <laughs> go to Vegas. Well,
0: yeah, yeah, but I, I've been waiting all season long to, to see a
1: kickoff return yeah a touchdown.
0: We've had a couple come close. Yeah, yeah, and it, so many of them, you know, they barely get to the 30-yard line, and that's it. Right. You know,
1: so it's... The, the few we've had, there was what, the one with the Battle Hawks a couple weeks ago that they got down to the 10-yard line, and they were just short. Yeah. So it is nice to see one finally go all sure, the way. Sure, sure. Um, all right, Vegas quarterback Jalen McClendon Completed 21 passes for 264 yards and two touchdowns. There's another new name in the quarterback mm-hmm. circle. San Antonio quarterback Kurt Benkert uh, completed <laughs> tw- <new> <laughs> completed 22 passes for 179 yards and a touchdown. So uh, Vegas getting their second win. Uh, pretty nice. Yeah, I don't, I I don't think
0: we've mentioned either of those two quarterbacks uh, no. this season.
1: I think those are first time mentions.
0: Uh it was Vegas, you know, they got rid of. Yeah, uh, they traded uh, Luis, Perez Luis Perez last
1: week to the. Uh, Arlington Renegades, so he was on the sideline for that right, Renegade did not game. Play. Did not play. So we'll probably see him next week in a renegade uniform. All right. And then on Sunday, the Orlando Guardians. That's right, the 0 6 Orlando Guardians defeated the 6 0 DC defenders. 37 to 36. it's the first loss for DC it's the first win for Orlando <laughs> as we talked about earlier no yeah. more zeros yeah I
0: caught I caught the uh, tail end of this game I was busy doing something else and and I turned on the TV and I saw that score with a couple minutes left I it might have been five minutes left in the game and I'm like oh my gosh I can't believe they're they're leading this game. Yeah, you you
1: texted me because I was in Grand Rapids. That's so I was right. on a I'm a little trip on Saturday and yep. you texted me that. And, I
0: couldn't believe it. And I couldn't and, believe that either. So but I watched the rest of the game to to,
1: to see if it, they were going to hold on to that 1 point lead and they did. But that ladies and gentlemen is why you play <laughs> the game because the winless team can go out there and beat the undefeated team.
0: It uh, happened it happened this past weekend.
1: Yeah. yeah, and so congratulations to the Orlando Guardians for getting that monkey off their back. I'm sure DC defenders, you know, you don't want to get that loss, but maybe it's also good to just all right, we're not the perfect team, but yeah. we can at least go forward and you know not have to worry about remaining undefeated. So yeah, I,
0: I wanted the Guardians to win at least one game this oh, year. Yeah. I mean, nobody I wants to they would. So go undefeated. Uh, so I was, and, and they were playing well this season, you know, they, they just could not finish a game and, you know, with a lead, but this time they, they hung on to win.
1: Yeah. I believe, uh, we did our XFL midweek, uh, mid season thoughts a week or yeah, about a week ago. And I, I said in my prediction, I figured they'd get a win I think it was going to be against these guys. No, (laughs) I did not, but they, (laughs) they got that win. Yep. So, um, yeah, so I might kind of look like a genie. So that's the only one they get. Uh-huh. All right, so continuing on with that game, uh, Guardians quarterback Quentin Dormady. I believe that's uh, we've talked about him before. Yep. He completed 27 passes for 328 yards and three touchdowns. Wow. For the defenders, it was quarterback Jordan Tamau. You might have heard of him. He completed 21 passes for 285 yards and three touchdowns. While running back Abram Smith ran the ball 18 times for 127 yards and a touchdown while wide receiver Chris Blair caught five passes for 139 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. Some of these throws and highlights, and these run great highlights. If you get a chance, it's like a 16-minute package on YouTube. Mm. Watch this game's highlight. It is awesome. There are so many great catches. They had to review a couple of the touchdowns because like a guy just barely got one foot down in the end zone. Like if It's a blink, and you'd think, like, oh, there's no way. There's no way he got in. And, like, right on the back of the end zone, he gets it. That's awesome. Oh, great highlights here.
0: Well, you talk about all the stats from or uh, from D.C. Man. You know, it sounds like they were going to win that game because, you know. Yeah,
1: if you were to just look at the stats, you'd say, well, they won. I mean, oh, look yeah. at that. But
0: you have a, a, you know, a running back and a wide receiver both uh, go over 100 yards and score a touchdown each. You know, yeah. that's that, that pretty much. And a quarterback
1: uh, throw three touchdowns. I yeah. mean, yeah. Uh, and then at the end of the game, DC kicker Mark McCrane, he missed a 63-yard field goal as time expired. It was like just to the right of the goal. Yeah, it was just
0: short and a little bit to the right. Yeah. And, and at first, at first, I thought it went in, but uh, yeah, it was it was just short. And yeah. I I watched that live, and oh man, how exciting was that! I didn't think they were going to go for a, a field goal that far away. I, you know, I thought they'd do a hail mary or something, and. All of a sudden, they were lining up for a yeah. field goal. So. Well, they
1: didn't have any timeouts there at the end. Works. They were trying yeah. to march down. They got a couple of plays, you know, chunk plays, and where where it really helps them is that college rule of uh, the clock stopping when you get a first down. Right. That's a big advantage, you know, yeah. in, the, in this game doing so that. The ball started, and yep. the one foot down also has come in handy yep. a couple of times. Yep. So, yeah, so some exciting stuff. You know, I mean, we talked on this show before. Look, the, the football quality has definitely increased week to week. Um, I we usually don't talk about the attendance or we don't talk about the, right. the TV ratings, which hey, they are what they are. Yep, but I think quality is getting better and better. And I think maybe after this year, maybe next year, things will get a little better because people it'll be an established brand finally. It's still that unknown commodity right now. Right. Sure, there's been previous iterations of the XFL, but this is a brand new thing. And I think you know, once this season's completed and this quality of football continues to improve. I think next year will be a better jumping off point. Um, you know, in terms of ratings and whatnot, I hope. You know, they could probably get their foot in the door, get better time slots for some of these games, and hopefully avoid like your March Madness. I think that didn't help yeah. the last few weeks. Yeah. But, but do
0: you think they might uh, the XFL might try to expand next year, a, a couple mm, teams Oh boy. Uh, that's I, I would I don't think so. I, I think they should stick with I, the same eight and, and I could
1: see them maybe doing build on what they got. Couple of teams. I thought, and it wouldn't surprise me if they move a couple teams to some different locations. If if anything, at the least, it'll be eight teams with some location moving. Like the Vegas, like you get to some of the attendance. Vegas isn't the best attended t- team right now. Sure. It's six or 7,000 a game. That ain't yeah. going to cut it. Yeah. So I could see them maybe even hypothetically moving to like what the USFL didn't have like a hub location almost uh, for a couple teams. Maybe you do like four hub cities, like what the USFL is about to do. Yeah. We'll see how that works for them this upcoming year. I'm very curious to see, because I think the USFL did it right. And uh, we're going off on a little bit of a tangent right <laughs> now, but I think the USFL did it right. Now. One year you did the one hub city for all the teams, and now this year you've expanded to four hub cities for eight teams. So maybe the XFL will have to look into something like that because, like, the the Vegas location, the Orlando location, it just doesn't seem like they're getting the numbers you would want. But like a St. Louis where you're getting thirty five thousand people, yeah, uh on average for their two home games they've had so far, right, yeah, is incredible. So I mean St. Louis is there to stay. <laughs> sure, yeah, so.
0: yeah, They're not going
1: anywhere. And speaking of those St. Louis Battlehawks, as I inadvertently walk into this transition. You
0: gave yourself your own
1: transition. Oh, thank man, I'm so good. Uh the St. Louis Battlehawks defeated the Houston Roughnecks twenty four to fifteen. That I think that makes three straight losses now for, for the Houston? Roughnecks. I mean, I'm not sure. 24 to 15 was that final score. St. Louis quarterback AJ McCarron completed 26 passes for 222 yards and three touchdowns. St. Louis kicker Donnie Hagman or Hageman? Hageman. Hageman made a 59-yard field goal during the game. So kudos to him. That's a heck of a kick. That is the longest kick in XFL history. Mm. Houston quarterback Cole McDonald completed 15 passes for 106 yards and a touchdown during the game and yeah like I'm pretty sure that is three straight losses for the Roughnecks as we mm. look at the XFL standings because uh we'll start in the south this week as the Houston Roughnecks now sit at 4 and 3. Mm. Pretty sure they were 4 and 0 oh, uh you, you know. could be right. And uh right behind them is the Arlington Renegades at 3 and 4. The San Antonio Brahmas at 2 and 5 and the Orlando Guardians at 1 and 6. And I'm pretty sure I predicted the Roughnecks would only lose two games. So I already got that wrong. So. Come on.
0: You padded yourself on the back enough. He's,
1: Hold on. Crazy. That that was uh, unpatting myself on the back. So I hey, I could admit when I'm wrong, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Um and then uh, let's see. The San Antonio Brahmas at 2 and 5, Orlando Guardians 1 and 6. Okay. Then we move to the north. In the North, you have the D.C. Defenders at 6-1, followed by the 5-2 St. Louis Battlehawks and the 5-2 Seattle Sea Dragons. And in last place in the North, my Vegas Vipers at 2-5. And And oh boy, I'm excited because guess what? This week, you, me, five to six hours of traveling (laughs) in a smelly car all the way to St. Louis, Missouri to see our two teams come to blows in the Dome. Yeah. Very excited for this. Yeah, uh, I will we, be the one and only Vegas Viper fan, probably in attendance <laughs> at this game with thirty five thousand of my arch rivals, who will probably not be happy that I'm there.
0: Yeah, we we took your kids to St. Louis many years ago, and we got to go up in the uh, the Arch. You know, did the, the tourist thing, and and uh, I think that's all basically all we did. Was yeah, that's pretty to much. We went, and went and like some museum, to the, and yeah, well, there's a museum uh, that's in where the uh, uh, where the Arch is at. You know, at the base of the Arch, they yeah. have a museum, a history museum. But, yeah, this will be our second time in uh, St. Louis, and I'm looking forward to it. We've driven
1: course. through St. Louis a couple of times. Yeah, on started. our
0: way to other places. Yeah. And uh, But, uh, yeah, looking look, really looking forward to the game, and we will have
1: a full report next week on our trip. Yeah, we'll see what kind of content we can create from that. All right, <laughs> moving on. It is the Indoor Football League's Week 3, and that started Friday night as the Green Bay Blizzard defeated the Iowa Barnstormers 44-25. to then on Saturday, we had a triple header as the Quad City Steamwheelers defeated the Sioux Falls Storm in a very close game, 36-34. The Frisco Fighters and Duke, uh, Duke City Gladiators came out guns a-blazing as the yeah. Frisco Fighters came out with a 60-55 victory. And mm. another close game, the, the defending IFL champion Northern Arizona Wranglers got their first win of the season by defeating the Vegas Nighthawks 48-42. The Massachusetts Pirates defeated the Bay Area Panthers 59-52. to Another close game. And then on Monday, so that Massachusetts game was on Sunday, and then on Monday, the Tucson Sugar Skulls defeated the San Diego Strike Force 35-16. And then on by this week, the expansion Tulsa Oilers and the Arizona Rattlers.
0: Okay, we're going to move on to Champions Indoor Football it was week five in the CIF. And on Friday night, it was the Sioux City Bandits over the Southwest Kansas Storm,
1: 70-46.
0: On Saturday, the Omaha Beef defeated the Topeka Tropics, 60-22. To Another blowout. Uh, also on Saturday, the Gillette Mustangs over the Billings Outlaws, 73-28. A third blowout? And the on Sunday, the Salina Liberty over the Rapid City Marshals, you call this a blowout 42 to 18?
1: I call every single one of those games a I think blowout. You're right. <laughs> I think if it's more than 20 points, it's usually a blowout. Yeah, that could be. I'm not sure what the exact... Maybe as the world of football, we need to sit here and decide. Once and for all, the exact amount of points a blowout is. Uh, not today. Is it three scores? You got to think it's at least three <laughs> scores, right? And there were no, uh,
0: no buys. Leave your comments everybody down was, below. Everybody was in action this week in the CIF. Yeah. And uh, that is it. For this week's World of Football scoreboard.
1: That's right. And uh, before we hit the news, apparently my lawyer, a.k.a. Randy, sitting across from me, says I have to make a statement <laughs> uh, in terms of correcting myself from last week's podcast. So, ladies and gentlemen... It was pointed out by one It our... was pointed out by a very loyal listener... And don't worry, Randy also caught me in this too last week, so I got a good earful of it.
0: No, I, well, I didn't know it until oh, until uh, they brought it up. Until Greg from Australia uh, brought okay. it up, that uh, because I had to go back and listen to it. Wow! Oh. Because when you when you said it, uh-huh. you said the wrong name, and I was thinking of the right person, so I didn't even hear what you said <laughs> because I knew I knew who it was. But, yeah, you, you said the wrong
1: Yeah, name. I was looking at a picture of Jim Otto when we were talking about the new numbers, you know, because the NFL's going to the number zero, which we'll talk more about later. What a what a week for the number zero this has been. Yeah. Um, And so I was looking at a picture of Jim Otto, and I said, in my brain, I said Jim Otto. Mm-hmm. But out loud, for everybody to hear on the <laughs> internet, the words Otto Graham came out of my mouth. Yep. So my apologies. It was just a slip of the tongue yep. as I was literally looking at a picture of Jim Otto and just said the wrong name. Because Otto and Otto, come on now. So sue me. It happens.
0: It's, it's understandable. It
1: happens. I've never had to do one of these apologies, I think, on the podcast. and.
0: Well, get used to it. I've, it done, a, to... I've done a bunch of them.
1: <laughs> yeah, you have.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, let's get on to uh, some NFL news. NFL owners last week voted to allow teams to play two games on Thursday night, and I hate that.
1: I, yeah, I don't know if I'm But with that.
0: on the bright side, uh, they will not flex Thursday night football games for now. Yeah. Um, according to Peter King of Pro Football Talk, the Giants, Jets, Bears, Saints, and Packers voted against allowing teams to play two games on Thursday night football.
1: Well, that, No, that was against the flexing.
0: Oh, oh I'm sorry. Yeah. Against flexing, okay. Uh, and then uh, Carolina and Denver abstained. So the final vote, I guess, was 22 to eight with two ab- abstentions. They needed 24 votes to pass that.
1: Yeah. So, so who knows? Are they don't they do more owners meetings to vote on this stuff yes, later but I, on? But I
0: don't. This might be the last one before the season starts. So it'll probably be next year. I, I they have one during the season. You know, yeah. they, they have a spring one. He just,
1: I, I, you know, I think the Giants owner came out, and then somebody with the Packers came out and talked about how this just isn't good for the fans. And I'm honestly shocked that twenty two teams voted in favor of this, yeah. which would mean i and we don't know there are three other teams that came out and said no mm-hmm. which Peter King if you get a chance to go read his piece uh he used he used to do the Monday morning quarterback now he's part of Nbc sports uh, uh, pro football talk. pro football talk or uh good morning football not good morning football but like Football morning in America or something like that, or whatever the name of his new website is. I can't remember. But he, you know, only listed five of the eight teams that said no. So there's three other teams. And I, I, I don't want to jump to conclusions and go, Oh no, or my Detroit Lions, one of the teams that voted for. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they talk about this player safety thing. I don't think that right. playing more than one, you know, week right. in a season where you get that short schedule, that just doesn't work. Come right. on, like.
0: And then to have your game flex, where yeah. where you at the last minute? Oh, by the way, you're going to play on Thursday next right. week. Right. And you
1: and you and, and you your just family, up like, everything. Yeah, we're like, oh, we're planning on going to that Sunday game at one o'clock. Everything's all booked. You know, it's, yeah, if you travel across the country, because you know, like Packers fans travel. Oh yeah. There's certain fan bases where their fans travel. So you could be one of those types of fans where all of a sudden your one o'clock game on Sunday that you planned everything out right. for, all of a sudden it's well now we're flexing it to a Thursday night. Screws up your plan, screws up your money. This is a terrible idea. This flexing a Thursday night. I get that you want to have the best possible game for yes. Amazon to put on Thursday nights. I get it. I want the best game possible too. But there's a caveat there. Like maybe they just need to go in with the schedule and have a handful of games not be scheduled, and then at the last minute you pick what game is. I don't. That still stinks for some fans. Like not knowing. Like like we want to see the Lions Raiders game this right. year. That is our big right. game. If that's what ends up, you know. Getting flexed from a Sunday that we've got tickets for and planned on that all of a sudden it's a Thursday night. Right, that throws our whole and we live two hours away and that still throws a bunch of right. stuff in our you know.
0: I mean, it's it's less for me because now I'm retired. So oh, it, brag it's, about it's that. okay.
1: Man, I swear if I had a dollar but, every time you bragged about how you're retired, what but, do stinking do? But I mean, dude. when I
0: was when I was working, yeah, I mean you. I only went to you know games on Sundays. You know, I I, I went to one Monday night game in Detroit and that was a preseason game just because I wanted to see the Rams. Uh, but you know, it works best if for us to go on a Sunday or or maybe even a Saturday late in the season. And if but, we go on a any- Thursday,
1: we can plan on it and have not have that get affected.
0: But for anybody that has a job who has to travel a long ways to get to a game, you don't want your game that you've uh, been planning on for six months since you right. bought those tickets and have them screw you over. So they're screwing over the players and they're screwing over the fans in exchange for good ratings from Amazon. Yeah. So that sucks.
1: It does think so so as of right now it's not happening but right. man the fact that the NFL's pushing for this does yeah. scare me a little bit.
0: And I don't even like the two games uh, you know per season.
1: Yeah, per, for a team that's because
0: that, I mean it's bad you know we we live in Michigan where the Lions every year they have to play on a Sunday and then Thanksgiving day. So you know that's something that's planned into their schedule um It's okay. They do that once a year.
1: The only way I could, I'll be okay with the two game. I think I mentioned this last week. The two games on a Thursday night, you know, thing is if they have a team play back to back. If you if you do that, that at least builds in your schedule to not have to turn around like that. Right. That's the only way that works. You can't do, you know, uh, you play a Thursday night and then you get you know your extra days off. You play that Sunday, then you turn around and play the next Thursday. So you're playing, you know. I, I just, I, if you go back to back, it's like when the Cowboys played on Thursday night one week, but they were on Thanksgiving the week before. Right. At least then they had full seven days till their next game. That's, you know, they adjust their schedule to get their practice in. And then when you go from the Thursday to the Sunday, the next week, you still get, it's like almost an extra bye week because then you get like some extra time on top of that.
0: But chances are not every team, uh, you're not going to be playing the same teams all the time on Thursday night. So, you know, you may be getting back to get back games, which is fine for you, but right. your opponent.
1: Right. May but, but that, but that's where it would come into play. So it would be like, uh, say, like the Cowboys and Bengals play on the first Thursday. Mm. The Cowboys would play the next one and then say they play the Jets. So then the Jets and then play that Thursday. And then the week after that, maybe it's the Jets would get the next one. I think there's a yeah. way they could do it. But again, you know, they won't. Right. Cause it's the NFL.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's bad enough putting a schedule together with uh, what seventeen games, oh yeah. and thirty-two I mean, teams. Great,
1: and great stuff out there. What they had the like some special us. last year about uh, the guys, the, yeah, the the, 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 the the teams that you know, they guys they and gals that put together the schedule. Yep. Very fascinating YouTube video about that and yep. the history of how they've done the scheduling that, over. The that years. gave me a
0: headache because I couldn't, I could <laughs> not I, do that.
1: I I couldn't either. But the fact that they just they go through thousands, hundreds of thousands of different combinations of the schedule till they pick and they, the they right come one. up with a couple different schedules too. Yeah. You know, and it does, uh, and they're not they don't finalize it till three days before the deadline, which is also crazy to me. Yeah,
0: and that should be coming out uh, this month, I think. Well,
1: probably Especially after she, the draft. It's
0: usually right around draft time. It's like so after like a, the draft. a week or so after the draft. I want
1: to say first week in May. Probably it's probably May eighth. Is if I remember the date that correctly. That late? I thought it was still in April. I want to say it's got to be between May first and May eighth. Is usually when I think that schedule comes out. Now, hmm. so I could be wrong. Yeah, but feel uh, free to correct me in the comments.
0: Not, I'm not a fan of the two games uh, per season on Thursday Night Football, and I'm not definitely not a fan of the flexing. Of yeah, the
1: flexing definitely. The two games, it just it depends on how they work it. Uh, yeah. If you get like I said, I think the back to back for for one team, and then like it keeps alternating between teams that you know like two weeks of Cowboys and then you know the Jets kind of overlap. You know, you know something once, like that.
0: Once a season is plenty for these it is. Guys.
1: I think it is, and especially when you have a 17 week season. Every team could play on a Thursday night. There's a way that you could work I that I wonder
0: out. if the players' union has to buy off on this. I'm sure there's it, it probably something... That, it doesn't sound like it, or maybe they already have.
1: They have to have right. already. If it's Yeah, because they wouldn't
0: have announced it otherwise. You know, yeah. The minute that came out, the Players Association would have been on, the, on TV going, we don't like this, and we were not consulted, and so what. Yeah.
1: If and when this actually, if the flex passes, that's where I can't wait to see... Shakeups with the players association because there's yeah i don't want it to happen but there's going to be some sort of shakeup with the players association you'd think for allowing it to even get that far i know that's something the owners you know are voting on
0: but the players gotta
1: have some sort of say and like come on
0: it's all the ratings things it's it's not it's not fan friendly and it's not player friendly all right moving on uh the philadelphia eagles are going to be uh Ah, uh, bringing back their Kelly green uniforms from the sixties and seventies. Oh probably? yeah, they they
1: wore those up until the mid nineties. Those uh, those bright green uniforms. Yeah, I like that look, especially now. Like after being with the current Eagles look for so long, like
0: yeah, it's kind of a dull green.
1: They, they call it a brighter green. Well, mm-hmm. the new ones the dull green, and then like the old one is the brighter green. And you know, the, they just had that new helmet last year the black helmet that they introduced. Mm. So I think that has to go away now because of this uniform. Now now going back to this other style of Eagles uniform that loses the black helmet that they just introduced last year. So the NFL and their uniform policy is very weird. I, yeah. I don't like it. But at least we're going to get them. This is one of like the classic throwbacks people are happy about. I can't remember if we talked about the Titans are going to be wearing the Euler uniforms at least one time. I think we did. Yeah, I can't remember if we did that a couple weeks ago yeah. or not.
0: But, yeah, these Calgary uniforms, I guess they're only maybe going to wear them once this year.
1: They might. It's, they might it's pull not their it off full, you know, it's right. not their permanent. No, no. It's their but it'll be good to designated stand. alternate uniform. Yeah. Um, and then the Denver Broncos on their Twitter, I just wanted to throw this out there, teased that they'd be uh, coming this fall, 2023. It's just like a very close-up of a white helmet, like you see the face mask and the mm. crown of the helmet a little bit. So are they teasing a all-white uniform? Are they teasing a white helmet? Hmm. Who knows? We don't know if they're going with the classic Broncos D logo on the side Hmm. or the current logo is going to be. Who knows? Yeah. So the Broncos now throwing their hat in the mix for an alternate helmet this year. Okay. All
0: right. The Carolina Panthers uh, just, I guess, on Monday, uh, offered training to their fans and their players in how to perform CPR. And DeMar Hamlin was on hand for this event. I guess he's been making the rounds a lot of different. Yeah, DeMar Hamlin,
1: big. Big story the last couple of days. Uh, so he was at this event, you know, and he's been on kind of a little bit of a tour, it sounds like, uh, trying to, uh, and we'll talk about it in the next part of the story, you know, promoting um, a bill or uh, an act uh, that they're trying to push through, uh, I was almost going to say parliament. We're definitely not. We're definitely
0: not in Britain. Through Congress.
1: Through Congress, you know, trying to get this bill that he's kind of, uh, a part of, which is great. It, it's cool seeing him going out and about. And right. after what happened to him, you know, this year, you know, him becoming a. An advocate. A, for, advocate for CPR for usage. For knowing usage how to do and...
0: CPR. Yeah. I think this was a great event that the Panthers did, you know. It, yeah. uh Some of the players uh, took part in it. Uh, not all. Of a them. handful
1: of players, yeah. Uh,
0: but but it was offered to, you know, the fans. The owner know. was
1: there. Yeah. Uh,
0: so I think that's. Tepper
1: and then the Carolina, or not Carolina. Yeah. The Charlotte Mayor, I believe, was there on hand.
0: But yeah, I hope more teams do things like this. Yeah. You know? have have like a, a season ticket holder thing, and and have a, a CPR class as part of it, or yeah. something. Like just
1: that. even it's just a community outreach like this program. Like do that for right. your community, get it out there, and you or know,
0: make appearance when when other people are doing it around town. If yeah. they're if they're holding a class somewhere, you know, send a couple of players with a mascot or something like that to say, hey, we support this.
1: I'm sure I'm sure they do, but I mean, just I think it's added to the fact that they had Demar Hamlin in attendance sure, was a sure. big deal. So,
0: but speaking of Demar, yeah, a few days later. Uh, Well, actually,
1: it was a few days prior.
0: Oh, was it prior that you went to the
1: White House? Yep. Oh, okay. I thought that that, that was happening. Yeah, your timeline was a little messed up,
0: but it's fine. All right. So, anyway, uh, DeMar Hamlin and his family visited President Biden at the White House uh, to support the Access to AEDs Act legislation. Uh, This bill, it's, uh, uh, it's a bipartisan bill in front of Congress right now. Uh, would give grants to promote defibrillator access at elementary and
1: secondary schools. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, there's some great video out there of him uh, hanging out with Biden in the Oval yep. Office. Uh, some great pictures. Like he even gave Biden a jersey mm. and uh, got to sit in the chair. <laughs> and sign. And Biden asked him to, please, Mr. President, sign my jersey. Like, <laughs> So it was a pretty cool yeah. moment. Good he, for Demar.
0: He asked Hamlin if he thought he was going to play again, and he said, "Yeah, he thinks he, I, he thinks he will." That'll
1: be a big deal. That'll, you know, yeah. very emotional day in Buffalo when when and if that happens this year. Yep. Um, but yeah, he seems like he's getting better, and then now he's you know advocating and pushing this act. Um, it's really cool because uh, you know there there are some stories. I was reading some pieces about how uh, there you know he's trying to help out with kids and. There's, like, a number he threw out there, like, where 7,000 student athletes in, like, high school, and middle school, whatever, are prone to, um, a year prone to these, uh, not seizures, but, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Cardiac arrest. Cardiac arrest. There we go. So, they're, like, prone to that, and he was given a bunch of numbers and stuff, and the fact that, you know, not everyone gets access to the AEDs, you know, the defibrillator devices, and there was one case in particular where a father talked about how he lost his 16-year-old son during a soccer practice because... They had the ADDs on hand. It's just one, the coach didn't know where they were and nobody seemed to be properly trained to use them. And they ended up losing their, their son, which is tragic. And so I think it's cool that DeMar Hamlin's going out there and promoting this and using his platform to, you know, uh, get that message out there, especially after going through it himself, it, it makes it even more powerful seeing him going out there and doing this. And, uh, well, if these
0: AEDs are what I think they are, you know, they're they're an automated thing where you basically hit the start button and it talks you through it uh, with a voice saying, "Now do this, now do this, now hit these buttons." So you know, even if you've never seen one or been trained on one before, as long as you hit the start button, it'll walk you through the process of of how to do that. So that's uh, it. It makes it easy, but you have to know where they are and you have to have them on hand. So yeah, yeah the automatic
1: external defibrillator or AED right. is yeah. what it's called. Yeah. yeah.
0: So. So yeah, it's great. Uh, you know, great that Demar has is, is, uh, become the face of that. Yeah. Uh, in the in face in the face of the tragedy that he went through. Yeah, trying to get but, great,
1: yeah these grants to these schools. Yep. I mean, that'll be a big deal. Yep.
0: So. All right. We're so gonna congratulations,
1: Demar. Sorry, I just wanted yeah. to say that. Yeah.
0: All right. So uh, we're gonna move on to a little bit of CFL news. Uh, tickets are now on sale for the Touchdown Atlantic game in Halifax, Nova Scotia between the Argos and the Roughnecks, and that game is set to be played on...
1: The Roughnecks? Wow, we're we getting an XFL oh, crossover? right yeah,
0: Rough Riders.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, be- I better stop in and uh, correct you now. Yeah, so before... I don't have to
0: apologize next week. Uh, yeah, I said the Saskatchewan Roughnecks. <laughs> yeah, Spoiler it,
1: it... alert, the XFL's Houston Roughnecks yeah. will be playing in the Touchdown Atlantic game yeah. against the Argonauts.
0: But, um, yeah, it's a rematch from last year's game, and they're going to be playing at a college sta- uh, college stadium in Halifax, Nova Scotia. At games on Saturday, July 29th. Uh, they've been doing this game for years. It's always kind of cool. They're, they're trying to promote the game out on the easternmost shores of Canada. Trying to get a team out there eventually. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm rooting for them Atlantic Schooner to finally show up. For them. one reason or another, they they keep having problems getting yeah. that 10th team in there. So hopefully uh, uh, they'll be able to get that done. But yeah, the, the tickets are already on sale for that. And keeping the theme of tickets going, in the XFL, I just saw a thing a little while ago, where the Orlando Guardians are taking $50 deposits on season ticket packages for the 2024 season. Now you're saying that other teams have already done that. Yeah, this I, was I, the first one I, I saw. I saw the Vipers do the okay. same
1: exact thing. So um,
0: but yeah, I thought I thought what what good timing after you win one game now you're <laughs> you're promoting Hey guys, we'll we'll, season win, we'll win a game next year and
1: buy my season tickets.
0: Year. I just thought that was a little ironic. So yeah, I'm sure the other teams are if they if they haven't done it already they're they're in the process of doing that. Yeah, real sure.
1: quick but you you transitioned before I could get a word in but that oh, Saturday, man. July 29th, for the Touchdown Atlantic game, uh-huh. uh, we'll be at the Pro Football Researchers Association uh, that weekend. So, oh, really, we'll have to—I believe that's that weekend. I, we'll have to try to get that CFL game on a TV somewhere. Mm. There, yeah, we got to advocate, advocate. That's right. This is the 27th
0: through the 29th, I think. Yeah, it's yeah.
1: Cool. Yeah, just throwing that out there. We're going to have to find a way to put that game on a TV We are somewhere. doing a
0: lot of traveling this year. That's why I just had new tires put on the car. I yeah. <laughs> got the oil changed. He got his
1: windshield fixed. I had to have my
0: windshield replaced because it had a big crack in it. So we are good to go now. We're going to be hitting the road here uh, soon.
1: Oh, man, it's going to be a summer of traveling for the oh, world yeah. of football. Oh, I
0: love it. Uh, let's see. Uh, other ticket news. Uh, tickets to the XFL Championship game on May 13th in San Antonio are now open to season ticket holders of the San Antonio Brahmas, the home team. So they're getting their first crack at season tickets, and then uh, at once the, once they've had a chance to get all the ones they want, then they'll open it up to everybody else. Oh, man,
1: could you so, imagine if it was like the Battle Hawks in that game? Do you think those fans would travel? Um, Probably. That would be interesting. Probably, yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll see on that.
0: Um, little news out of the National Arena League. I, I saw this on uh, Facebook. Uh, somebody tweeted a picture of the Albany Empire. Uh, with the rebound nets in place just the way they were when we saw our last ever arena football yeah. game in Albany, New York in 2019. Yeah.
1: It's a, great to see the nets it's back It's a up bittersweet again. picture, to yeah, be honest with is. you. it is. It's great because seeing those nets means so much, but it is so weird that it is under the National Arena League that this is happening. True. I never thought I'd see true. the day that yeah. the, the nets would go up under anything other than the Arena Football League.
0: Yeah, it's true. But uh, I did like seeing them in Albany. It does look great, knowing though. that they were, uh, you know, a former uh, Arena Football League team and champion. You know, the last champion and
1: probably future Arena Football uh, League team. We'll, we'll see. find out this year. We will see.
0: That's that's my prediction anyway. But yeah, it was a great great picture. Uh, I, I forget who exactly uh, posted that picture, but oh yeah, that was a so heartwarming. I thought it was the like official
1: Albany's. Uh, no, it was Facebook. it was
0: some. I don't know if it's somebody that works for the team. It might be, but it, it didn't come officially from the team itself. But I I was so happy to see that.
1: Well, let me look up your Twitter account real fair. Now,
0: this was on Facebook. Okay, well, I'll look that up too. World of Football Facebook.
1: I know what that is.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: H.C. Thomas uh, Menes. He, he was yeah. a head football coach, general manager, director of football operations, and defensive coordinator for the Albany Empire.
0: Oh, so he does work for the team. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. Head coach. Head coach.
0: Oh, he's the head coach now?
1: H.C. Thomas Menes. Okay.
0: (laughs) I thought that was his initials, H.C. Okay, uh, the other day was April Fool's Day, and there were some great uh, April Fool's jokes. Uh, A couple that I almost fell for. Uh, One that I just happened to think of was, uh, I saw one where the um, Toronto Argonauts were joining the XFL. I didn't I didn't have that on the list but I just yeah. remembered that when we got There's been a lot
1: around. over the years. I mean the Toronto Argonauts, I remember my big one was remembering the Argonauts and the Tiger Cats announcing they were going to merge and form the Argo Cats.
0: That's right. That's right. That was a
1: big <laughs> one I remember uh, that they did. They had a logo and everything. Oh really. yeah. I had
0: forgotten about that
1: one. There's that one and you mentioned the uh and the Thing here, the uh, CFL to play a game on the deck of an aircraft carrier. That got me for a minute.
0: That, I mean, they had a picture and everything, and it looked oh, really good. Like a big good. old
1: mock up, yeah.
0: And I think we said at the time, if this isn't true, we want it to be true. I still <laughs> yeah. want it to be true. Are you kidding me? <laughs> that would be awesome.
1: There's no way a Canadian field will fit on a aircraft carrier. Probably not. Carrier, but...
0: Probably not. But oh, that, was, that was such a cool uh, rendering. You know, But I'm sure we could,
1: we could figure out, You know, I mean, four or five aircraft carriers attached to each other we just put a football field across them let's do it
0: but some of the this ones... could
1: bring the world together yeah
0: but some of the ones that came out this year was uh, one of them was the st louis battle hawks of the xfl are going to be moving to la next year
1: that almost got me also awesome. I, I was, was like Wait almost a thinking
0: well you know that would tear the heart out of st louis but you know then i really that was okay, kind of the joke right. yeah uh, another one was that the arena football league was going to be purchased by jeff bezos And that he was going to be uh, naming a new commissioner here pretty soon. (laughs) That one I almost fell for, too. Uh, And then I realized, oh, yeah, April 1st.
1: I hate April Fool's Day. (laughs) I I call it March 32nd.
0: (laughs) But one that wasn't even uh, uh, football-related was uh, Hot Now. uh, The burger uh, burger stand uh, was going to be going nationwide again. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with this, hot now was a Midwestern thing. It was, was kind of like uh, checkers or rallies. You know, strictly drive-through, you get your real cheap burgers and fries and shakes and drinks and whatever. Uh, they used to be everywhere. Yeah. There was one in every town. I mean, little towns, big towns, they were everywhere throughout Michigan and throughout the Midwest, and eventually they got down to one. There is still one Hotten now in Sturgis, Michigan, which is about...
1: It's like uh, a 45-minute yeah, drive. Yeah, about
0: a 45-minute drive south of here. And we make a trip down there every few months just to grab some burgers. Uh, you know, it's a nice drive. We don't go in the dead of winter, but uh, when the weather's good and the roads are good, we hit the road and go down to Hot Now and grab some burgers at the drive-thru and come home. So, yeah, so I was totally excited. And then I realized, I said, oh, wow, when, when was this picture or when was the story posted? April 1st. Yeah, uh-huh. But, yeah, they said, you know, they were going to start growing the chain back and more locations were coming and they're, they're going to be nationwide and Fantastic. all that. Fantastic. Oh my gosh, they, they roped sure. me in hook line and sinker.
1: Well, a football one I did see that you didn't have on your list was the Massachusetts Pirates of the mm. Indoor Football League announcing a color scheme change effective yeah. immediately. Yeah. And it, they go from like their blue and teal, you know, their teal and yep. kind of dark blue color scheme to like a orange and green and like this weird color pattern. Kind
0: of like the Seattle Sea Dragons kind
1: of kind of sort of but they were like effective immediately. And then I saw a picture from the most recent game and that was not their color scheme. Yeah. So I was like, Okay, that was clearly a joke. <laughs> But hey, but I'm yeah. glad that like some of the team stuff, like some of this stuff is fun. There are certain like things I'd read. Like I hate being on the internet on April 1st because there's right. some legit news, and then there's like right, yeah. Oh, this thing is happening with your favorite movie franchise or your yeah, a legit favorite... sm- legit story yeah.
0: comes out and you dismiss it right yeah. away because it's April 1st. April 1st.
1: God help uh, us if we ever have a show on April 1st. That is going to be. I didn't, don't even know what we'll do. Didn't we do one once on April 4th? I, I don't think so. I'll have to look on that. Because I would have remembered us doing like a big old pranky prank. <laughs> it wouldn't even be a real show. <laughs> We'd probably just, uh, yeah, I don't want to spoil what we do. Never mind. I'm not going to spoil that surprise for yeah, people.
0: The the new hosts of the show, Aaron and Abram.
1: We'll just get. We'll just hire a couple guys and give <laughs> them hot now and they can do the show. It'll
0: yeah, be terrible. That way it'll make us look better. Okay. All right. So that's it for the news. We're going to move on to some uh, birthdays today for April 4th johnny lamb jones born on this date in 1958 he passed away in 2019 at the age of 60 played his college football at the university of texas and was the second overall pick in the 1980 nfl draft by the new york jets he played for the jets from 1980 through 1984 he spent the 1985 and 1986 season on injured reserves the jets traded him to the san francisco 49ers in 87 but they cut him in training camp. Uh, He then signed with the Dallas Cowboys, who also cut him. uh, It was also cut by the team shortly thereafter, ending his pro career. Uh, Jones won a gold medal in the 4 by 100 meter relay race in the 1976 Olympic Games in Montreal. And our other birthday today that we want to highlight is that of Jack Del Rio. He turned 60 years old today. Happy birthday. I uh, played his college football at USC. He was a third-round pick in eighty-five's NFL Draft by the New Orleans Saints. He played 11 seasons in the NFL. He was with the Saints from 85 to 86, the Chiefs from 87 to 88, the Cowboys from 89 to 91, and the Minnesota Vikings from 92 to 95. Then he got into coaching, and he was the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars from 2003 to 2011, and the Oakland Raiders from 2015 to 2017. He is currently an assistant coach with the Washington Commanders, uh, and he's been there since 2020. So those are our birthdays for this week, and now we turn to uh, a couple of obituaries from this week. Uh, This is where we take a moment to honor those who have made the world of football a better place. Our first obituary is that of Frank Gilliam, a player and a coach in the NFL, the Canadian Football League, and college, has passed away at the age of 89. Gilliam played college football at Iowa. Uh, He then signed with the CFL's Winnipeg Blue Bombers, where he played end for three seasons from 1957 through 1959. He finished his playing career with the British Columbia Lions in 1960. Gilliam then went went into coaching. He was an assistant coach at Iowa from 96 to 1970, and then went on to be a player scout for the Minnesota Vikings for, I have 36 years. I think that might have been 26 years. I may have put that in wrong. But for many years, he was a player scout with the Vikings.
1: I'll get ready for your apology next week. (laughs) All right, our next obituary is that of Tim Joyner, a linebacker in the NFL for three seasons, has passed away at the age of 62. Joyner played college football at LSU and was selected in the third round of the 1983 NFL draft by the Houston Oilers. He played for the Oilers from 1983 to 1984 and then for the Denver Broncos in 1987.
0: Our final obituary this week is that of John Brockington, a running back in the NFL for seven seasons. He has passed away at the age of 74. Brockington played college football at Ohio State and was selected with the ninth overall pick in the 1971 NFL draft by the Green Bay Packers. He played for the Packers from 1971 to 1977 and was named NFL Rookie of the Year in 1971. The Packers cut him during the 1977 season, and he signed with the Kansas City Chiefs, where he finished his playing career. Okay, and that's it. Uh, Anything come through on your phone that we need to
1: talk about right away? Nope, no breaking news. A lot of mock draft stuff still. I mean, the NFL news has been pretty slow. I mean, there was a few player signings this past week also that we didn't mention during the news segment. Uh, Calais Campbell to the uh, Falcons. um, Marvin Jones Jr. to the Lions again. Uh, yeah, returning to the Lions, we're excited about that as Lions fans. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, not much out. It was a slow NFL news week. We really had—I yeah, would not say we had to reach, but you know, the the Mar Hamlin stories kind of just popped up. Yep, uh, and then uh, we really just tried to take our time with that NFL uh, flex situation. Yeah. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, that, and that really came out uh, last week right after our podcast, yeah. so um, that almost got included in last week's show. Yeah,
1: especially uh, last week because we we talked about the number zero because that was a big story that yes. came out was the NFL allowing the number zero, which uh, ironically is what our history lesson is about, isn't it?
0: Yes, you were the one that said, hey, I think you should do a history lesson on uh, the history of the number zero. And,
1: uh, and look at you coming in the clutch. I tell you on a Tuesday, <laughs> hey, you know what you should do next week? A history lesson on the number zero. Actually, this was more like a Thursday or a Friday, it, and you said, "Oh God, I already have something know.
0: else prepared." Yeah, I had another one prepared, and then <laughs> I didn't want to start all over again. And then
1: you knocked this one out of the park. Wait, this goes.
0: was uh, this was fascinating. I did not know uh, how many people had actually, you know, played in, and to find pictures of them, uh, sports cards and whatever. So, but let's get into that. Um, so this week's history lesson is the history of the number zero in the NFL. The NFL recently announced that they are going to allow certain players to wear the number zero beginning with the 2023 season. Jacksonville Jaguars wide receiver Calvin Ridley was the first player to announce he would don the number after the announcement was made. While the number has become common at the college level and in the Canadian Football League in recent years, there have been very few players wearing zero during the history of the NFL. Here's a look at some of those players. About a dozen players are known to have worn the number zero, mostly in the 1920s and 1930s, including one pro football Hall of Famer, Wilbur Fats Henry. He wore the number in the late 1920s while playing for the Pottsville Maroons. Safety, Orbert Logan, wore the number zero while playing for the New Orleans Saints in 1967. His nickname was The Little O because of his small size. He was 5 feet 10 and 182 pounds. Fullback John Olszewski, whose nickname was Johnny O, also wore the number zero with three different teams during the 1950s and 1960s. He wore it with the Washington Redskins, the Denver Broncos, and even the Detroit Lions in 1961. There was also tailback John Clement with the Pittsburgh Steelers from 1946 to 1948. His nickname was Mr. Zero. Center Jim Otto wore double zero when he played for the Oakland Raiders in the 1960s and 1970s. It made sense. After all, his last name began and ended with the letter O. Wide receiver Ken Burrow of the New Orleans Saints and Houston Oilers also wore double zero in the 1970s and early 80s, as well as running back Steve Bagaris of the Washington Redskins and Los Angeles Rams of the 1940s. But the player who immortalized the number zero in the NFL, has to be quarterback George Plimpton of the Detroit Lions. He was a Harvard-educated journalist who created something called participatory journalism. Plimpton joined the Lions for their 1963 training camp in order to write a series of articles about the life of a pro football player for Sports Illustrated. He had never played football before, and he did not want the players on the Lions team to know that. He told them that he had been playing semi-pro football in Canada for a team called the Newfoundland Noofs. From his four-week experience in Lions training camp came the 1966 book, Paper Lion. The book was also made into a movie of the same name in 1968, starring Alan Alda, Lauren Hutton, and many Detroit Lions players and coaches. Green Bay Packers head coach Vince Lombardi also made a brief appearance in the movie. Clinton had already written and published a book called Out of My League in 1961, where he pitched in an exhibition game against a team of all-stars from the American and National Leagues. Other sports that he participated in and wrote about were boxing, tennis, hockey, and golf, with varying degrees of success. On Sunday, September 21, 2003, Clinton was present at a Lions-Vikings game at Ford Field along with about 40 members of the 1963 Lions team who were featured in the book. The occasion was the 40th anniversary Paper Lion reunion. Plimpton and Alex Karras were named honorary captains of the team that day and participated in the pregame coin toss. During a banquet the night before the game, the Lions surprised Plimpton by presenting him with the original jersey he wore during the 1963 Lions training camp. The blue and silver jersey bearing the number zero, was found just the week before at the bottom of an old trunk in the Lions practice facility in Allen Park. Plimpton died just four days later on September 25, 2003, at his home in New York at the age of 76. For Detroit Lions fans, the number zero is iconic in our team history, thanks to George Plimpton. The book and movie Paper Lion are held in high regard, and I, for one, do not want to see a Detroit Lions player wear the number again. So, Sheila Ford Hamp, if you are listening or watching, please do the right thing and officially retire the number zero in Detroit in honor of George Plimpton, and maybe even add him to the pride of the Lions for his many contributions to the history of our team.
1: Yeah, I love that I can just say, hey, you should do a history lesson on this. You give me pushback, you do it, and then you go, well, I'm glad. I, I learned so much doing this history lesson. Yeah,
0: you love throwing something out there and giving me a push and saying, go go do the research and hey, find that's, that out.
1: That's what great producers of content do. They get their talent and uh, baby them for most of the time and then make yeah. them do the work. Yep. I'm a great boss sometimes.
0: But no, it was fascinating. I, I did know that there was uh, that there was a player two years before, George Plimpton, that actually wore zero for Detroit. Um you know, some of the other guys I'd, I'd never heard of, you know, Mr. Zero, Little O, and and all that. Uh, nicknames it that should now be added to your yeah.
1: great nicknames list. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, it was fascinating. I learned a lot uh, during this quick little uh, history lesson, so I'm, I'm glad I did it. Thanks for suggesting yep. it.
1: And you guys learned something, too, and also be on the lookout for the video version of this. We yes. always post it on Wednesdays. Um, yeah, so you get to see Randy's smiling face wearing a special jersey. Special jersey. In the man. video. Yeah. So be sure to check that out <laughs> tomorrow and share it with your friends.
0: All right. Uh upcoming events calendar. This Saturday, April 8th, the National Arena League season begins. Oh, man. uh, With those Albany Empire. uh, Uh, With the
1: nets up and everything for the whole league. So that's going to be weird to
0: watch. I may actually have to check out some of these games. Are they they on YouTube also? They might also be on YouTube. They're on some streaming service. I want to say YouTube, but I'm sure we'll we'll find them somewhere. And then uh, Sunday, April 16th, the USFL regular season begins. Thursday, April 27th through the 29th, the NFL draft is going to take place in Kansas City.
1: It'll be here before we know it. I've seen
0: so many things about the 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 draft in Detroit uh, in April of next year already. Uh, Tuesday, May 2nd, the CFL draft takes place up in Toronto. It's basically a conference call between all the teams. We will have
1: live coverage here on the podcast (laughs) that Tuesday, as that is when we record. We'll uh, have live we'll, breaking we'll CFL a, we'll draft We'll get a list news. of the names.
0: We'll tell you who the first person was, maybe the last person, and uh, anybody else that uh, uh, pops up that we we feel is interesting. Last year, they uh, two brothers went back to back in the draft yeah. and went two different teams, but uh, that was kind of interesting. It's always a
1: great day to bust out that clip from The Simpsons of Homer watching the CFL draft on on TV. <laughs> great classic bit. <laughs>
0: Saturday, May 13th, the XFL championship game in San Antonio. Get your tickets now while they last. Friday, May 22nd, the CFL preseason begins. Thursday, June 8th, the CFL regular season begins. Can't wait for that. And Thursday, August 3rd, the Pro Football Hall of Fame game in Canton, Ohio, featuring the Cleveland Browns and the New York Jets.
1: We are four months away It'll From go fast. That game. it'll go fast. It's gonna go fast.
0: Before you know it, we'll
1: be we'll be getting. We'll be back to in NFL coverage mode. Oh yep. my goodness!
0: Yeah, our weekly predictions. Oh, oh my gosh, I'm having a lot of work. I'm
1: having PTSD <laughs> already. It's been nice not having that workload.
0: But we may have to speed up our picks a little bit. You know, maybe. Yeah, we've... we'll
1: we'll have to we'll be tweaking some yeah. process. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right, so anything else before we close today's show?
1: Nah, I, I believe we've covered everything. Uh, we're very excited to be going to St. Louis this week yep. to see the XFL. Um, long time coming. We never got to see the 2001 XFL. We uh, barely missed out on the XFL the last go-around.
0: Yeah. So yeah, the,
1: uh, hopefully, oh, my God, if something happens between now and Saturday and this XFL is shutting down, we can't. we can never go.
0: Yeah, we had we had tickets. It'll be, to it's, it's cursed. Last We're time around, it. And I had just made a hotel reservations. I had tickets for a while, uh, and then right after I made the hotel reservations, they shut down the league because of COVID. So, never got to go see the Battle Hawks at that time. So, uh, really looking forward to it this time. All right. Well, that's all the time we've got for this week. If you learned something during this podcast about the incredible amount of diversity that exists in the world of football, then we have done our job. Visit our website at theworldoffootball.com for news, links, upcoming events, original articles, videos, and more. Our email address is info
1: at theworldoffootball.com. You can also like The World of Football on Facebook at TWOF Kalamazoo. You can also follow us on Twitter. The address is at TWOF Kalamazoo. New episodes of this very podcast are posted on Tuesdays and are available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and you can find the full audio versions of this show on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash at the world of football for those of you out there listening. Or you could simply search for the world of football. Kalamazoo, where we got a lot of different uh, kinds of videos up there now. We've been really yep. diversifying our portfolio when it comes to our YouTube content. I can't believe how much content we've got out there. So, so much content <laughs> out there. Page. Uh, then we are also on Amazon Music, so simply ask your Alexa device to play the World of Football podcast. Feel free to subscribe, rate, review, give us a like, leave us a comment on any and all platforms we're available on, because... We enjoy it, and we like to interact with you fine folks out there. There's <laughs> so many great stuff we're getting. You know, a lot of other football fans reaching out. That uh, that means a lot to us, and uh, we just want to keep giving back to the football community.
0: Yeah. So let, uh, let us know when we make a mistake because it 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 happens. And oh, it happens a lot. And we don't mind having it pointed out when we actually are wrong, and we'll yeah. we'll apologize
1: and we'll correct it. Yeah, just be friendly about it. Don't be uh hey, you idiots. <laughs> Yeah, Waldorf and Statler on the microphones.
0: Yeah, we don't look at uh, tweets or
1: or, uh, posts that start out, hey, morons. (laughs) Oh, then why do you keep responding to mom's texts? Uh, Anyway, uh, let us know what you think, and please come be a part of the football conversation.
0: And remember, folks, some people may love football more than we do, but nobody, and I mean nobody, loves more football than we do. Until next time, when we'll try and do a better job. Oh, that can't be (laughs) very hard. I'm Randy Snow.
1: And I'm Adam Snow. And we'll see you when we get back from St. Louis. Yo. Did you say yo? I think I did. Oh, what a <laughs> bummer way to end the show.